episode 92. He looks like a fucking loser. Hey, at least I'm housebroken. I rode her off for the tenth son of the day. Practiced all the things I would say. She came over, I lost my nerve. I took her back and made her dessert. Why oh, no? I'm being used. It's okay, man, because I like the abuse. Good evening, Joe Runway fans. I'm Asus, the man on the other side of the mic is EC. Welcome, EC. What's going on, Asus? Good to see you, man. Good to be back on the pod, pod again. We've got some positive, positive news to talk about for once. So very exciting times. Uh, I was today the sixth of April. The market down as a date in history that we will all remember. You see, I don't, what, what? Hold on. Positive news. Positive news. I'm getting on here. I mean, I'm looking at my show notes. I'm getting on here to to be Debbie Downer, like I always am. I guess all our fans probably say, this dude, is, is there anything positive can he say about the club? Oh, my God, he's so negative. Oh, my God, oh, my God. So I'm getting down here. To, we drew against Lester, you see. What, can, what in the hell can we be positive about? Please, please tell us. Well, today we'll go down in history as the day that Manchester United Football Club signed Eric Ten Hag from IX Football Club. Uh, storied career as far as his managerial career is concerned. He also was a decent center back in his day. I have to give him his props. Played from 89 to 2002 when he retired. So a long, full career that he had, which is great. Um, but as a manager, up-and-coming star, hadn't had a chance to get a big club. I'm no offense to IX, but this is the big, big leagues. Uh, and so it's not, I don't think it's confirmed, but it's pretty much officially unofficial that he will be the next Manchester United um, manager. So you gave me, you gave room, you see, just, just by that last statement, I was, all, I was, I was pumped up. I was, you know, you know, I was very smiling and you said it's officially unofficial, but official unofficially. <laughs> so you just gave room for Manchester United, the board, the Glazers to rip the, rip the carpet out from under me. I think in reality, we all kind of feel that way. We're all have always been kind of let's wait to the players holding the shirt type of fans. But I think with this one, you know, when you get the, the big gogs like ESPNs of the world, the Fabrizio yeah. Romanos of the world, I think when those those guys start saying, hey, you know, he's got a $1.3 million buyout, that's a drop in the bucket. I know United don't like buyouts, but, you know, that's not a whole lot of money for them to go and say, look, IX, here's $2 million just to cover whatever. We'll take it. We'll take the hit. We'll give him a low salary to start, and we'll see if we can work his way up from there. So um, I think it's a slam dunk for them. Um, I'm excited about it. Like I said, I'm, I was – he wasn't my first choice, mm-hmm. um, but he wasn't someone that I would have thought, oh, this – what are we doing here? Why, why would we go in that direction? Uh, this is – you know, this kind of takes you back a step when you start talking about the history of the Bubsy Babes, the Class of 92, the younger kids kind of coming in. This is the type of guy, if you look at his CV, he likes to, to give the youth a chance. He likes to uh, recruit from within. And so the hope is with the kids that we've got coming up and the younger guys who want to stick around, who are already here, um, hopefully he can get some of the dead wood out, um, get the board to back him, get him financially, get some star players as well, players that fit what he wants to do. He does have a style. 
So the hope is that he can come in and implement that style. What's up? <laughs> What's up? Tabitha, how are you doing? The wife giving a shout out. And then at the same time, uh, come in and, um, you know, set his tone and, and, you know, hope as we can just get back to where we were. Um, you know, we've fallen down a little bit, you know, second place last season. <coughs> a little great, bit, EC. A little bit. We'd like we're to going on 10 years, EC. We're going on 10 time. years. It's been a long time. But, you know, I think when you go on a run that we went on, you know, and, and you look at the likes of Liverpool being the club that we laughed at, you know, it kind of goes in cycles. They were the kind of the club of the 70s, 80s. You know, we were the club of the 90s, early 2000s. And now they're kind of off and on with City. So, you know, this is it's a cycle. You know, we, we're, we're on the downturn of that of that cycle. But the hope is, in my, you know, hope, and I know yours as well, is that, you know, the cycle's over and we can start kind of moving in a, in a positive direction. You know, with Tin Hag being young, I think he's 56 years old or something like that. Um, you know, if he can come in and give him time, if fans give him an opportunity to kind of get his feet wet and, you know, not finish, you know, in first place every season um, and have some patience and kind of see what the vision is, I think we'll be fine. I know we'll, we'll talk later about kind of what I hope uh, the, the hope is for the rest of the season. But my hope for him coming in is that he can just put his stamp or his footprint um, in on, on Manchester United Football Club. When I heard the news too, you see, I think uh, I saw it uh, come across my phone uh, that and that ESPN was reporting. Like you said, it's you know ESPN is I I would say as credible as they come, right? I mean, and now you're saying Fabrizio Romano, you know, you said you know you. I mean, a lot of people are coming out here saying that <clears throat> this deal is pretty much a done deal. I was excited. I was excited for the fact. First of all, I know I've been I've been on several pods, <clears throat> stating the fact that I think Eric Tenhad would be a lot a better hire. Um, and what do I know? I don't. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I supported Ole, and but I supported Ole because of the fact of that they made a rash decision in giving him the job after the nine game, uh, the nine game, <coughs> you know, um, winning streak. Uh, and they rushed. That was a rush decision. So, <clears throat> I, I, yes, I did support Ole in the beginning after, you know, when he became full-time manager. So, uh, we know how that turned out. I supported a Mourinho when he became manager. Uh, and, again, look how that turned out. The reason being, I really like Eric Tenhag. And I don't watch IX football. Trust me. I'm, a, I'm not going to, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say, oh, man, I'm a... Expert on the Uri Divezi, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Uri Divezi? I'm not. I'm not. But what you've seen as his history with an Ajax club is the fact that he brings youth in. Look at um, Frankie De Jong, uh, Matthias De Litt, um, uh, the kid from Zurich, uh, um, the Chelsea guy, right? I know he's not playing with Chelsea too much, but... Look at the impact. He, I'm, I was gonna get to Donnie. I was gonna come on, easy. Come on, I was gonna get to Donnie. <clears throat> Look at all these players that he's that has came through the Ajax organization that he was there to develop, and he got to a Champions League semifinal with kids. EC. kids. I think I think um, Blin, they, even Daily Blinn wasn't there, which was Daily Blinn was a ex Manchester United player, right? 
under the during the um that holidays looking at that track record looking at development and that's what we need development because right now in this club we don't have i mean and, and you saw it against the Leicester match we don't have players that are hungry you see we don't have players that are actually fearing for their job and I think that's what something Eric Tenhead can do is in what Sir Alex did, you know, by bringing the class of 92 in. But the class of 92 had talent as well, right? They had talent to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to come in here. Um, I think what he got rid of Paul Ince uh, and, and Sir Alex did, or Konchelskis, uh, you know, he got rid of these top players that actually won him a, uh, won him a title, the, you know, just a year before to rely on these kids. And these kids... Gave competition, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, with Ten Hag's uh, vision, that he can bring in kids from our, our academy. That we, you know, like you've talked about EC because you watched academy more than I do. Like Sholateri, Hannibal, uh, that um, that kid um, that he plays for the uh, is it Iraqi national team or the Iran national team? He he's like eighteen. He got called up. Um, what was his name? Zidane, right? His first name Zidane, right? Easy. Yes. Yep. Zidane. Zidane. Um, James Gardner. Look what he's doing with um, <clears throat> with his team. You know, as a as that position at that position. Yeah. Killing it. He's killing it. How many players do we have out? I mean, still Axel Tonzebi's out, right? Haven't heard too much about Axel. Uh, Axel's probably on his last limb. He's on the last limb. Okay. We have all these players. You've got Ahmad, who's still out there at Rangers. You have Palestri, who's out at Alves. You have a lot of kids who really haven't been given a fair shake, if you will, because they've been relying on the quote-unquote superstar players to yep. step up and get a championship, and it hasn't happened. So that's what he's known for. So these kids, this summer is huge, in my opinion, because usually on these tours you get a, you get a chance to see some of the kids that are kind of on the cusp of potentially making it. I think we're going to Bangkok. I think that's been set in stone. So I'm um, mm -hmm. not completely sure, but I think that's where the tour is this year. Yeah, we so, have a you know, the hope is that. Eastern Asian tour or something like that. Yeah. So hopefully they can get it, get it <laughs> as you're saying. So looking at all that, <laughs> looking at all that, being excited, the fact that, okay, now we have a new breath of fresh air, EC. With this new new coach, hopefully new vision, but I think he's still not going to be announced for. He can't, you know, he's going to finish out his tour at IX, uh, which I think is what's probably another April, mid May, probably right somewhere on there, the end of May, summer. So we're still in the limbo, you know what I mean? We're still going to go through what we're going through, or whatnot. But hopefully, between that, with Murtaugh, with pains me to say it darren fletcher you know in this technical director role um hopefully they can gear up for a plan okay these are the players that i want to bring in these are the players that i want to get out the most important thing is they need to get rid of the cancers the the gangrene of the, as you would say of these club of this club the the, the players that you know are you know, are not willing to fight. I mean, thinking they're entitled, these entitled players that we have at our, at our club. 
Hopefully, hopefully the board, hopefully uh, Murtaugh, hopefully Arnold, hopefully Fletcher, and maybe we bring in that guy, um, the, the one I'm talking about, Murphy, right? The uh, the one that used to be a Tottenham technical director, and then he worked for RB Leipzig under under Rag, Ragnick as well. Uh, hopefully we bring him in, um, and sooner or later, maybe maybe an Edwin Bandesar. Um in this club to give it stability because we need because you know what you see i know you sent me that text message about the glazers out and van hall and and Mourinho and all these quotes that you know they've said they ain't going anywhere i mean get it i mean these everybody unless we're willing to boycott every manchester united is willing to boycott the club and not give him any money they ain't going anywhere so all we have to do is hope for the best and unfortunately our hope is drying thin, is is waning, you see. It's waning, our hope. You know, by year by year, you know, every year that passes, it's since Sir Alex Ferguson and David Gill has left, your, your love for the club, your, you know, uh, my wife always talks about passion buckets, right? You know, as in, as in, as in a marriage. I don't know, if you, did your, your wife ever tell you about this crap, right? passion buckets you need to fill my passion bucket i need to fill your passion bucket uh you know one passion bucket you know some person's passion bucket could be intimacy touchy-feely crap right and another passion bucket is could be uh what you know doing things for that person rather than you know what i mean and these are you know our passion buckets me and my wife have two different passion buckets right you know what i mean i'm a i'm gonna do something you know do something for I'm, I'm stealing the passion bucket thing. I'm using that. I never heard it before. So. Oh, research it easy. Research it. Like it. It's called passion buckets, right? I mean, because there's different personalities. Okay, you know what? Hey, you know we're gonna get a little off topic, guys. We're getting a little off topic. For those that are married, stay tuned. For those that uh, for those that are single, uh, you can go get a snack right now. Okay, we'll be back in. You can be back in three minutes. All right. I'm gonna define passion bucket real quick. Uh, it's a philosophy to where, you know, your different personalities, what fulfills you in giving love or giving love or getting love, uh, and as a, as a, as a person, mine, I'm, I'm a doer, right? I'm going to show you as in, you know, I'm going to take care of you. You know I mean? I, I'm an only child. He's see passion book. Oh, that's not, that's your, that's your daughter, not your wife. I was going to say passion bucket. <laughs> Never mind. It's your daughter. Right? Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm going to show you love by taking care of you. You know what I mean? You know, whereas my wife, her passion bucket, she needs to be touched and kissed and, you know, told you, I, I told you, I love you. Well, I, well, me as an only child, shit, I, I'm not, I don't like people touching, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't say I love you as much as I should. So we have two different passion buckets that we need to be filled. You know, she needs to do things around the house. You know, to show me that hey, she's willing to contribute to this marriage, or as I need to be more, hey babe, and you know, kiss you, love you, and hug you, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? That's just stuff like that. But there's different personalities that different things that fill your passion buckets. Well, you know what, United, you're fucking haven't been filling my fucking passion bucket for the last ten fucking years. All right. You've been taking from my passion bucket. I've been giving you, I've, you know, waking up on Saturday mornings. You, you see, you've been waking up on Saturday mornings. You've been taking my money. You, you know, not not so much my money, but you're taking 
Manchester United fans' money in yeah. in uh, in ticket sales, in jersey sales, in uh, subscriptions to your fucking Manchester United TV or Manchester United app. You've been taking from the fans so much, and it's not even taking monies. It's taking our emotional, uh, our emotions. You know, our emotional. Uh, you know, uh, oh, fuck, man. I was on a roll here. Um, you know what I'm talking about, EC. You've been taking a, yes. our passion. You know, and, and what well, we are. You know, we're at this point. We have no more to give you. We have no more to give you because he's been disappointment after disappointing after disappointing after disappointing year of where, yes, the board, you know, backs a manager. We go out there and make this blockbuster hit. And then the board, what does it do? Does it back the manager? I think Van Hall, like, again, going back to your thing, Van Hall wanted to sign Sadio Mane, Conte. Uh, who else? I think on that list that you sent me, you see, you you, you know better. Um, you you know you have that that tweet that you sent me. Um, Mourinho wanted to sign these players, not these players, but his players. And what does the board do? Say no, you have play, you have players, but you know what? I'm gonna go sign this shiny little object over here to please the fans. And what do we do? Sixth place. Second place. I, I think we soak it up too. You know, I think, you know, when you see Varane coming out taking selfies at half field, you know, when you see Ronaldo being, you know, announced, you know, when he was and he comes out and play, and it's, you know, it's like a toxic cycle. So, you know, this is, you know, when you, when you start something new like this, I think this is kind of a thing where you go, okay, let's all hope that it's a clean slate. I'm almost so positive about this thing. I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> why don't we just go ahead and not tank it to where we're like, you know, 17th. But I think it would serve Ten Hag to only have one competition a week. And I think if he's only got to focus on one comp, he doesn't have to focus on going to some weird. Hold on, hold on, tell me real quick. Tell me, you don't want him to. You don't. You don't want him to compete for the Car- or the Carabao Cup. You see, come on. If it's his first <laughs> year, that's all he's won. I'm joking. I don't, well, I'm he, joking. He, he, I'm has, joking. he has to compete in those, which sucks. I'm just, just joking. A Thursday night in, in fucking Kazakhstan, Greenwich, Kazakhstan. It's two degrees outside. I think he just needs to have one game a week, whatever cup games we're in. That will allow him to focus in on what he wants to implement. Because it's already going to be tough. So this is going to be year three of a different system. This is going to be, you know, new coach, new voice. And we're not going to get all our wishes. Right, we're gonna get. We're gonna probably at the most have one or two kids will leave. It'll probably be Paul and Jesse. Everybody else will be back. So, I don't think you know that's a big chunk of players that are leaving. For the most part, it's gonna be probably those two, and you'll probably see us bring Juan, in one. Juan Mata will take off too. I think his contract ends in June. I mean, yeah, he, he doesn't even play anymore, so you're right. You're correct. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just saying the players that get an opportunity every once in a while, those are the only two that will probably be gone. Yeah. Then you 
factor in he'll probably get a couple of players. They'll probably go get a big superstar. And then he'll probably want to go get one of the guys that he's always eyed and liked. It'll be his signing, and he'll bring them in. Mm-hmm. And so I just hope that he's able to come in and, and they let him do his thing. Um, I hope it's a situation where he has started to develop a plan B. Because as I said before on several pods, I've listened to you know, probably one of the biggest IX fan channels um, that there is. They actually guests uh, appeared on Flex's channel. And they just talked about how he is very much one way. Even if things are going bad, you're going to get that one way. And oh, so, like only go to Absolutely, which drove me nuts. So <laughs> I'm just hoping that he's got a plan B and that this is another step, more growth. Um, he obviously interviewed really well. To Roy Keane's point, who doesn't interview well? But hopefully um, he actually shows us what's what, what he's made of and he starts to progress. I know this is not... You know, he's not coming from the prim like Potch. He doesn't have any major quote-unquote trophies, but I think this is something that's going to be a big challenge for him. Um, Clearly, he's up for it, and he wants the opportunity and the responsibility to be the next manager. And so, you know, the hope for me is that he can just come in one, one one, you know, league game a week, sprinkle in your random cup games, not really too concerned about him. I hope we win him, but I'm not, you know, it's not life or death. And then if we can start to see some consistency from him, um, some consistency from the players, um, you know, the hope is that we can, you know, get things back to maybe the way they were. So, you know, I think it's going to be tough. I don't think it's going to be easy for him. I think this is going to be, you know, obviously clearly his biggest challenge, but it's the first time I've ever heard you know, Gary Neville, who I listen to quite a bit, say that since it has been 10 years with the Glazers, you know, he's actually hopeful that they will sell. And so, you know, I don't think they will. I agree with you. I think they'll stick around until the wheels completely fall off because it's a big money maker for him. But to hear someone of his stature, you know, he's a big United guy. He's a, uh, you know, he's, he's a supporter of of anything United. He's a company man. To hear him, right. So to hear the company man say that, I was very excited. I was I was very you know he's clearly fed up, and I don't think it's so much the the structure. I think it's more of the promises. And I think one of the things that stuck out for me, which is key, was. You know, they've been they've been living a COVID life way before COVID happened. And by that, I mean, they've been working Zoom, working, you know, for United across across seas forever. And his opinion is it just doesn't work that way. You've got to be boots on the ground, you know, in Manchester, you know, they're looking, seeing what's going on, understanding the fact that, you know, the facilities are not up to par with the, the best of the best. Even the practice facilities, the, 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 the paint not being painted very well or you know, at, at the ground, um, you know, just the small things that they talk about wanting to fix, you know, he's calling them to the carpet and saying, okay, you said you're going to do this before super league popped off. So, you know, let's, let's, let's see if you put your money where your mouth is. So, um, it was exciting to hear those things, excited to see the new coach. I want to see, like, like you said, who's leaving, who's coming in. Um, and then that tour, you know, it'll be, I'm get, I guess, would that be post world cup or would that be, 
before that'd be after the World Cup, right? No, it'll be the summer. The World Cup's not till next uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah, November. So excited to get to the summertime. A couple more games, big games too. I mean, we could maybe play spoiler a little bit. I wouldn't be mad about it, but I would really be excited if um, he had just one competition to play in. Speaking of one competition, you see, fight, we're fighting for sixth place. Um, yes, well, yes, guys, we're going to get to the Leicester game and, you know, of that, whatever that was. Uh, fighting for sixth place. I think we're both in agreement. It would benefit us if we missed out on the Europa League, period. It's just it's just a grueling trek of playing as many games because you play more games in the Europa League throughout the whole year uh, than you do in Champions League, you know, because – Depending on how, where you finish in the league, you start playing games in July. You see, right? And I think if I'm, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, in July to get to the real Europa tournament, to get to uh, the knockout stages, which are, I think they're in the in the knockout stages. All those Champions League teams come down that are didn't qualify for you know the group the group uh, after the group stages come down. So there's just more games. Um, just for what? To get to a Champions League spot? You know what I mean? I, again, I don't want my I don't want my team, especially if it's going to be a young team. You see, yes, they need to be they they want to experience the Champions League or the Europa League, or the Europa League Knights, quote unquote, Champions League Knights, quote unquote. But let this team learn to win first, like you're talking about. Your favorite cup, the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, hopefully the league one time. These kids don't need to get exposed to something like is in Champions or Europa League. Champions League, okay, then, it, you, then you, it's a throw to the wolves, right? But if we're, if we're in the Champions League, we wouldn't be in this position right now, right? We'd have top of the line players and whatnot. If he's going to go the route, of having young players, developing young players, his best bet, and you just said it, let's get eighth, ninth place. Looking at the schedule, I think that's pretty attainable. Very doable. <laughs> we still have Arsenal, Arsenal Chelsea, 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 all the big Liverpool, the makeup game for Liverpool, Man City. With that being said, EC. <clears throat> What would be the epitaph? That's pretty bad to say, right? I, but yes, the epitaph, the obituary, as it would be, on Regnex's time to at United, because it was brought in after Ole left. He was brought in to maintain the club and. Even when Ola left, we're still fighting, vying for top four. And he's not got it done. What would be, what's the point of keeping him on as a consultancy role? Because I heard too much chatter. And, oh, Ralph Ragnick, I mean, you, I mean, I'm not saying you. I'm saying with fan cams and fan channels and, 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 and podcasts and, oh, he has this pressing style, the, Wolfgang Puck Duff Luff Nook pressing whatever. Um and he's gonna 
you know, he's going to do this and that, and, you know, he's going to build the club, he's going to bring the youth, and what I've seen, he sees a lot of the same. As well, I, I don't agree. I, I, I don't agree. I, so this is my Same players? On. Same players. All right? Yeah. He's not given many other players that's other than Ilanga, right? Which I don't think Ilanga would have gotten that chance because Mason, other than because Mason, got in that trouble, right? Mason, we'd be I playing in that position. Playing, he was still playing while Mason was still in the club. To be fair, but not starting. Yeah, he still played him though, and I think that's something Ole said he would play a lot of the younger kids. I think he got more of a shout with with Ragnit with ten with Ragnit and all my German. Germany and Dutch guys mixed up. I think he got more time under Ragnick than he did with Ole, and I think Ole beat that drum just dry because he kept saying how he was going to but make Ole sure gave, that Ole gave Mason his chance. Ole gave Scho- last year Scholateri his chance. So, I mean, I'm like, it, that argument doesn't I, I, that I argument doesn't me, fly. I think for me the, the major difference for me was and you can look at the two differences between last year and this year Ole was winning last a lot year we of got games. second EC. I know. Let me finish. <laughs> that the difference between last year and this, if you look at Ole's <clears throat> games last season, Manchester United Football Club won a lot of games you should have lost. Like a lot of them. And it was a lot of that brilliance from those players who would dig him out of the mud time and again. Ragnick, if you look at Ragnick, games that we should be winning. We lose those games, or we draw them uh, for the most part, like we did the other day. We draw, and I think the draw. difference for me is with the two, I can actually see what Ragnick's trying to do, whereas Ole, I knew he had no clue, players had no clue, but guess what? There will be someone who have a moment of brilliance, be it Bruno, be it Pogba, be it, somebody's going to do something stupid, and we're going to win that game when you know good and hell well we shouldn't because we got no clue of what the hell's going on. So I see patterns of play. With Ragnick, I see that the players understand what they're supposed to be doing. The problem with Ragnick's team is it's not coming off. So I don't see it as the same thing as you do. I see it completely different. I think the two guys manage completely different. I think one has a style of play. And I think one, though he ran a 4-2-3-1, I don't think the players actually understood what their tasks were supposed to be. So I think, for me, Ole had the magic dust sprinkled still on him. And we did we just won a lot of games where I was like, there's no way we're going to win this game. We're, City's going to just destroy us. We beat them. There, there's no way we're going to be able to hang with these guys at the Etihad, and we go out there and we win a game. I just think with Ragnick, I can actually see the players are playing under a true system, and they're though they're not getting the wins that you'd like and that I'd love to have, I can see them having patterns of play, whereas Ole, I, I never saw anything like that. So I feel bad for him in a sense because I think people now are going to look for him to – go upstairs and kind of implement what he really is the best at doing. I think his strength is building up clubs, not really being a manager. That's kind of what his CV's been. It's just unfortunate what United is going to do with him. They've already kind of said he will work, but he'll only work six days a week. So it's very Manchester United to appoint this guy. And then six days a month, we're not going to listen to you anyway. So I'm I'm not excited about the future of of, um, Ragnick. I don't think he'll be listened to. I think they promised him something, and I don't think they're going to come through with it, which is very Manchester United. So I don't like that aspect of it. But, yeah, the two managers, I think it was night and day as far as systems, 
patterns of play, not just sticking to saying, I'm going to do 4-2-2-2. It doesn't work. He pivoted. All they said, I'm going to live and die by 4-2-3-1. I think that was ultimately that the downfall um, of his reign. So, no, I don't I don't see them equal or, or the same at all. I I don't know when Ole's going to pop back up in management, but he will. He mm-hmm. is a manager. He is going to find a job somewhere. But I'm very, very interested to see how he'll bounce back and develop a team, um, you know, going from <clears throat> Ole to Cardiff to Manchester United um, to see where he kind of lands and, and, and see where he kind of grows. All right, I'm playing devil's advocate easy. When I say devil's advocate, I'm going to argue with you, but, you know, we're going to end up being friends afterwards. Right? Friends, Every time. Friends forever. Best friends for life. <laughs> I don't know what that. What's, I can't remember the movie. Friends forever, dude. Fucking from Saved by the Bell. Friends forever. Always will be friends. No, that's the movie Ted. Ted with the bear and the and Mark. Uh, Mark. Uh, oh, that's the. Mark, Mark, we have Mark Wahlberg. Thunder yes. Buddies. We're Thunder Buddies? Or was yes. it? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, that just sounds weird. Thunder Buddies. Okay, yes. Yeah. Hey, we're going to scratch that from the, you know, scratch that from the, let's scratch that from the podcast. Let's edit Editing that. Let's edit that. that. Let's, that's going to be on the edit room floor right there, Thunder Buddies. Anyways, easy. Oh, God, let me uh, get ready here. Let me stretch. Other than the, the Crystal Palace match, when the Gangnam Style press um, was on, and you saw the difference. EC, right? You saw. When's the last time we we've, we've done that? Give me a game. I think four games later. I think we tried to do that in the second half. Did we do it? I think, I think this is. A did we do it? Am I yes, getting it? Okay, I'm, I'm asking you yes or no questions, sir. This is like Congress. You just answered the. Yes, I, all I need yes, is a yes or no yes, question. Yes, we did. Yes, and, we did. Uh, oh, I'll do, do the whole game. Yes. You saw it through the whole game that we, that's what we did. We pressed said yes the Gangnam style press. We did that. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we will, you know, we uh, will go back to the tape. And I think everybody is in agreement that we have not seen that style of play since what? The Crystal Palace match. This, this Fulgham, this, this get, you know, the Fulgham Gostum, uh, style of play that that Ragnick's famous for that he was the godfather of he's the godfather of uh, this style of play uh, that Byron Munich you know whatever um use and, and and Dortmund uses and you know this this creator of this wonderful system we haven't seen it uh, uh, since since Crystal Palace well we also seen and I'm going to say it we've seen a manager Throw shit at the wall and hope it sticks. And you call it tactics. Uh, we're gonna play the the four two uh, four two three one that that Ole did. Oh no, we're gonna change it to this. Oh, you know now we're gonna do a four four two or four two four one. Or now we're gonna do a four four two. But yet we're gonna have Paul Pogba and Bruno as a sh- our strikers when they're technically midfielders. But that doesn't work because we got blown out by. Um, we got one well, man Sydney for that. We got ran off the park. So let me let, let me let me let me just try this again. And then what did he do against Leicester? Because we're gonna, I mean I mean let's, let's start bringing up the Leicester match. He did it again. And what happened? Well, I mean, it didn't work. But the most important thing doesn't matter about formation or or style of play. 
These players, just like with Ole, have given up. These players walk around. They don't, they don't go and op- get in open positions. They walk to their position. And don't tell me that you saw this and they, that's not it. Every person, even Darren Bent, said these players are not playing up to their potential. They're just walking into positions. They're, I mean, what I've been saying all along, now, are you, EC, are you willing to say blame? Are you willing to come to Jesus? You know, you can come to my confessional. I'm a Seuss. Come to confessional. Come to confessional. Sit down. Kneel down. Are you willing to repent for your sins and repent for your lies, EC, and telling our listeners that it's all about the management and, and this and that the players have not given up and they're not to blame? Come to Jesus. He's come here. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's never going to happen. Ah, I've been I can never convince you. Come on, DC. I've been with the club too long. You, you guys have to understand something. <laughs> you, you guys have to really, really understand and go back in history and do your history lessons and do your Googles. Uh huh. And understand that the club was ran differently. And all of these old school cats that talk, they don't want to bring it up. Darren Ben didn't even play for the club, you see? That's why. That's why I said earlier, I was very very happy that Gary Neville came out of his mouth and said I'm very hopeful EC but he also said he also said he also said these people these players played like they played for soccer aid because they weren't running around they gave no effort you don't tell me your eyes didn't see that let me tell you why he said that he understands that they don't care about this club winning or losing and when you own something and you don't care about who wins, who loses, what co- cups you pick up, what cups you, you play for. When you have that mentality, it trickles down. So all the fans out there, everything that we do, and I'm guilty of doing this. So these players have no integrity. Are, I, let me finish, and then I'll tell you what I think about the players. When, the, when, the, when we fans argue about who's a better striker amongst ourselves, not even against other teams, we argue who's a better midfielder. Is it Bruno? Is it Pogba? Who's a better striker? Tony? Is it Rashford? Who's a better center back? Is it Harry? Is it is it Bike? We argue with ourselves about our own players. The Glazers are laughing to the bank. We have to understand that these guys don't give a crap about us. They don't care about the club. They care about dividends. That's why they pull them every quarter. These people are the problem. Do individual players have bad games? Yes, and I get onto them when they do. Do individual players have good games? Yes, and I will praise them when they do. It isn't about the players. It is about the board. It isn't about the manager either because they haven't gotten a fair shake either. It is about the people who own the club who continuously put people in charge who do not know anything about football, <laughs> i.e. Ed Woodward making football decisions that don't know anything about football. So everybody out there who thinks it's the players, you're going to have egg on your face, I'm telling you, because the moment we get real football people in charge, that's when things will change. And so I will never sit here and say that the players who got us third place when we were all cheering and screaming and then we got second place we're all cheering and screaming how quickly we have amnesia the moment things go south we go these players are lazy it's the same guys it's the same flipping guys yeah it's the same guys that got Mourinho fired right 
Am I correct? Same again. And again, it's the same guys. The but no, you said no, 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 because Mourinho, Mourinho was too tough. Mourinho was too tough. Paul Pogba, he told you something, and oh my god, Paul Pogba, oh my god, I cry. I have mental issues, Mourinho. That's the board. That's the board. Okay. The board right. are the ones who hire. So these fight. basically these players have no integrity. So they're taking a paycheck, and they're like, oh, they're using Manchester United's platforms for themselves. Am I correct? That's your opinion. No, 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 that's no. no that's not my opinion. It's true. They, I mean, so I'm not gonna. I mean, that's like okay. That's like me working, going to my I job would tomorrow. Believe someone that talks to the players on a daily basis and figure out who's trying hard and who's not. We have no. No, you can see it easy. You can see it on the have, pitch. You can see it on the pitch when somebody's standing around waiting for a ball, not willing to make something happen. I mean, all these players are pretty much that play for the national team have lost integrity, especially your boy Paul Pogba because, oh, my God, he plays for the national team, but he doesn't play for his own team. Come on. Do you know who's injured and who's not injured and who plays for us week in and week out? I bet you don't. I bet you have no clue who's playing with broken bones. I bet you don't. Nobody does. Nobody does. Yes, they do. Marcus Rashford finally just came out on Instagram and just slammed the media, people like yourself, who talk about players and have no idea what injuries they go through week in, week out, and they put on that shirt because they love the club. Oh, okay. And so now, are you injured like, or are you hurt? Because there's two different things. There's two different things. Are you injured or you hurt? Not trying hard enough. They don't understand what they've they, been going through. No, no, no. You see, you're care. the one that told me. All you know, you've, all, you've always said, you see, you've always said, if you're on the bench... That means you could play. All right? No, you said that, EC. You told me that. What you guys do is play the blame game to the players. And I told you, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not picking favorites. I'm not doing I like this guy more than that guy. I'm not playing that game anymore. I'm focused on those owners, those guys that make promises that are empty, those guys that let people who are accountants run the club. And you guys can keep saying, the players, the players. You can say all you want. I'm not on that team. I'm not riding with that. Those guys go out there and they try their hardest. And, yes, they have bad games. <laughs> they give it a good try. Games. They get and, the and if, and seven guys, place ribbons. If you guys out there think that those guys aren't trying their hardest, I, I, I gauge you to look at your own life and see what careers you've had in professional anything. And then come back and talk to me about how those guys aren't trying hard. It's pathetic. It makes no sense to me. I've played at a decent level, not a high level, a decent level. And I've played injured. It's not easy. I can only imagine playing in the toughest league in the world and and then getting done with that game and going, well, you didn't try hard enough. If you're injured, why don't you sit out? For any player, and you've been a Why don't you sit out? No, no, you're giving them an excuse. You're giving them the free pass. I'm answering the question. When you're a player, a player... And you and your coach comes to you and go, hey, EC, are you going to be able to make it? You're always going to say yes. It's the owners, the people above who say, we're shutting you down. The owners, no, the owners don't. Robert Kraft does not do that for the New England Patriots, you see. It's it's not the owners. See, no, 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 no. The owners, the the Glazers don't say, no, Roman Abramovich, when he was there, he does not not do that. Stan Kroenke does not do that. No, you see. So, you no, no, no. Huh? Answer this question. Oh, here we go. Because you're telling me that these players... Only do with the manager. This is how, this is what I don't, I want you guys to understand this. And he's going to answer the question for you. Tell me why Cristiano Ronaldo is playing at Manchester United at 37 years old right now. Because we didn't want him to go to Man City. 
So who purchased him and why is he playing the board at Manchester United? So why on earth would you think for two seconds that these players can't be shut down or put in place by the management team? They completely can. The Glazers can tell Rent Tin Hag or whoever comes in here, this is what you're going to do. And for fans out there who think that's not happening, do you think any manager, any any owner, do you think know what the fuck they're doing about football? Do you think the fucking do you think the, the the Saudis the Abu Dhabi group know what the hell they're doing? No, they they provide money, they provide resources, and they let their people under them make those decisions. You see, you're not going to get the people from the Abu Dhabi group. They have a manager and they have oh, a CEO. A manager. No, no, we're talking about owners, you see. Don't pick and choose yeah. and who you're talking about. Yes, those no, are don't, you don't pick and choose who you're talking about. You're saying the Glazers, the Glazers, the Glazers didn't make yeah. these. The, the Glazers. Glazers. So no, the apples to apples, let's go. Did the Abu Dhabi group say, no, yeah. no, Pep, we're not going to play. We're not going to play yes. Dembroina. Yes. We're not going to play Dembroina. No, they don't, you see. Yes, no, they, they don't. Do. Well, how do yes, you know? Do. How do you know that they get on the phone call with Pep and say, you know what, Pep, you know more than I do. Because Pep you've won charge. champions, but I'm going to tell you about Kevin De Bruyne. He's going to play. Charge, but those, God, those are the people who are getting no, you're the money. Excuses, so for all the you fact fans that you don't want to understand that your favorite players don't give a shit about this club and are taking the fucking money from the all us. you fans out there who get butt hurt because your favorite player doesn't play well. I'm telling you right now, you're looking at it the wrong way. You know what it's not about your players. You know what your player, your favorite player is consistent in doing and not giving a fuck about this team and playing half-ass. You know, that's, that's, the, only, that's the only thing he's consistent about. That's, that's the only thing opinion. the people, the players are consistent about is not giving that's a fucking performance. Dude, it, that's your opinion. That's not and my I think opinion. You're way off that's pace. the whole opinion of the fucking Manchester United fan base other than the I fucking people that want to make excuses. I think you're way off base. I think you're being unfair. And I think you're looking at it from that view of, I could do that. I don't understand why they're not out there doing it. And it's sad. Everybody's saying, it's really sad. Everybody's saying how these players don't give a shit anymore. They're fucking, they're, like I said, it's like, you guys, oh my you guys God. can get on ESPN. Dude, you can get Darren on the ben, podcast. Darren Ben, which never played for us, said, how could these players be taking the money they are? You can get <laughs> on ESPN. You can look at the Darren Bents of the world. That's I think that's all well and good. I'm going to listen to what the players have to say. Oh, I'm going to listen to people who are The players that are producing? Okay, yeah. you see. That's like listening to the... Uh, the that's like listening to the freaking... Uh, that's I, like listening I, to the fucking insane, insane Asylum. Oh, you don't need to be here? No, you need to be there, dude. And you can think it's the players all you want. But like I said, I think the moment those guys came in... We all saw what they're about, and they've been that way for 10 years. But, again, you guys can keep blaming the players all you want. You guys can be, I hate these players. You can do it all you want. I don't have energy. I don't do that, guys. You guys yeah. can do it all you want. I don't live like that. You guys are ticky-tack. You guys are all about being fickle. I'm not like that. No, I'm we just call it as like is. That. We call bullshit bullshit. You're fickle. We call bullshit bullshit. We call bullshit. You cheer for them when they win, and when they're down, you talk crap. That's a fickle fan. <laughs> you calling me a fickle fan, EC? I wouldn't be doing this any, if I was a fickle fan. Any, any person. I, I, but I can know effort. I know effort. You watch like a – you want – you uh, okay, let's talk about the Leicester match. You watch the Leicester match, you say everyone gave them 100%? Yes. All right, man. You know, obviously, you and know they had football. a bad game. They don't have a bad a game, EC. This is a boring game. It was a boring – not entertaining game. Leicester uh, basically 
dominated. Though we have all these world class players, you see Paul Pogba world class, Bruno for world class. Who won the game again? I don't remember. It was a t- well, technically nobody yeah. won the game. So again, it was a draw. Junk we're talking about the players. We got a, a goal, kind of. You know that was. I think fans are way too fickle. You guys got to calm down. Don't get so upset because your favorite player didn't play well. It's gonna be all right. Don't get upset because a player you hate didn't play well. It's going to be okay. Somebody new will come in. You know what happens with players? They get old and they move on. You know what remains the same? <sighs> Manchester United. That red badge, that that beautiful color, it remains the same. Players will leave, guys. No, you see, hey, but you're talking so about it's, it's the same management. It's the same management, so it's not going to be the same. Work. It's going to be the same mediocrity. You're right. I mean, in your, in your opinion. Keep the same owners, yes. If we keep the same Glazers in, yes, it, things will not change, in my opinion. All right. <laughs> way off, but I, and I hope I'm wrong because I hope he gets backed and he gets to implement his style. But you can't have an accountant running things. It's not going to work. And it's easy. The easy thing to do is to go out there and say the players suck. It's so easy. You guys oh got to look deeper, man. Oh. Okay, you see, I'm not gonna. All right, dude, I'm not gonna. I mean, nobody ever is gonna change your mind. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the next topic because it, it involves your. God, we're gonna get another argument, I guess. Um, involves your favorite player, but yet more players, and it kind of goes into, um, what you're talking about, uh, the board and Glazers and whatnot. Paul Pogba says he's willing to take less money. Now he's willing to take less money because <laughs> no, no one wants him on that high contract because he can't produce. Uh, Martial, we can't offload. He's a, he's a, he's in Sevilla or Spain or right. He's in Sevilla, right? Uh, but there's no bids for him because he's playing so well. He's just lighting it up, so everybody wants him. Um, uh, hold on, real quick. My wife is out of her class. Oh. But you're right. It goes. This goes back to the board. Just like you said. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna use your quotes against you again. We need to pay that. It's like Monopoly money. We need to throw cash. We need. To, we're gonna pay Paul Pogba. You're gonna pay him more than he's worth. Well, we've been doing that. Did it with Juan Mata. We've done it with many players after that. Fuck, Phil Jones is still in the books, and he has a he has a seen it I mean he hasn't seen he sucks we splash cash to players players that just don't deserve it and we can't get them off the books and that's been our problem since Sir Alex because we still have players that that David Moyes i.e. Juan Mata we still have Van Hall players we still have Mourinho players and we still have Ole players and so now we have Ten Hag coming in and he's going to want his own players but yet, we still give monopoly money to players that just don't deserve it. So I think it's hilarious that, you know, was it half when Paul when Paul Pogba was negotiating contract with Manchester United and he wanted four hundred twenty-five million, and I think you were saying like, oh man, yeah, we need to give it to him because it's monopoly money and he deserves it. And I'm like, fuck that. And and then last year was. Uh, when uh, Sancho wanted, uh, they wanted 120 million for Sancho, and he wants 400 million, 400 thousand. I was like, "Fuck that!" 
and we waited and we got it for less. I think this whole thing of monopoly money for a big club like you're talking about, like we are, it's the problem. That's the issue now with us because we can't get rid of dead wood because nobody wants them. Just like nobody wants pick up, nobody wants to pick up Anthony Martial's contract. That's why Jesse Lingard's contract got ran down to it did. That's why Paul Pogba's contract got ran down to it did. It was poor negotiation, and thank God we don't make that mistake of giving him the big contract because he's not worth it. Um, that's why we still have who else? Jones on the books. That's why you still have Bailly on the books. That's why you still have um, Matic has been a serviceable em- employee, but he needs to move on. We hope we get rid of Fred or McTominay. Went too. I think McTominay. I'd rather see him leave. And Fred has actually shown some heart for the club. Cristiano Ronaldo's on five hundred thousand dollars. I mean, half a million dollars a, a week. Um, who else? I mean, I already talked to Martial. This this thing about Mar- this thing about monopoly money and us paying overpaying for players because it is a Manchester United tax has got to stop. It does, you see. It has well, to stop. I don't I don't think it needs to stop. I think it, it actually needs to get we need to get more of this monopoly money. I don't I don't know how you think you're going to compete and win things if you if you don't. That's kind of why United started doing that uh, back in the early 90s, early to late 90s. Uh, that that's what you want. You want uh, to have more money, you want to pay uh, for top players, and I know you don't think these players are worth it, but it's it's it is literally more about what so you're doing on the pitch. It's why is why is Paul Pogba asking for for less money? Because he's in a shit club. But he's not. A, he can go in for the free. I mean, he he no no he no he he's on the free. He's on the free. Why is he why is he going for less money? I let you go off. No no why is he going for less money? He's going in the free. So now no no. Now he no now PSG can pay him the four hundred. No, no, right? Am I not right? Because they're not paying a contract fee. They're not paying a transfer fee, so they can give him the four hundred. So, Paul Pogba <laughs> wants to leave because he plays for a shit club. That's a fact. And then, and for people who think that we're back in the nineties again, and where this is the two thousands. You're delusional. We're shit club. He wants to yes. Win yes. We yes. Are shit. I agree with you. Yes. That's the, why he the players like have contributed to the shit club. That's, that's why he would like to leave and go win things. That's what he would like to do. But he's going on a free, so it doesn't matter. So are PSG going to give him four hundred thousand dollars a week? Okay. Can I finish or not? <laughs> Try to. Okay. Tony's in the same boat. I know you think Tony's oh, he's trash, on a contract don't though. Like and it's another situation where he will be able to, if he gets his wish, go play for a club that's trying to win things. I just think that the reason why a lot of these guys are running contracts down is because, yes, they are trying to look at things from a financial standpoint because this is a business. But I think most of these guys at this club would like to win some things. And I don't think Manchester United are going to win anything anytime soon. So. He's going to be on the tail end of the career here in the next couple of years. I think his best option is to go to somewhere like PSG, uh, like Real, where he can actually win something because United aren't, we're not there right now. So Tony's going to get a spot somewhere. Um, you know, Sevilla are in second place right now. He could possibly stay there or he'll go somewhere else. He's only 25 years old, so he'll get a shot. 
and he'll go somewhere else as well. Um, you know, unless unless uh, Ting Hag, because he is on loan, unless Eric looks at it and says, you know, I, I, I fancy him. Let's see what we can do. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's good to be in a situation that we're in. I would rather not be a club that doesn't have the financial means to be able to go out and get the best. That that is what Sir Alex Ferguson did. We, we talked about this last week. Um, you can't do that if you don't have endless pockets. You can't offer players money, uh, crazy salaries is what, what you call it, but you can't offer those guys uh, those type of, of salaries if, if, if you're not going to be able to swing with, with the big boys. So um, I understand that the contracts aren't the best. I agree with you in that. I think some of them are kind of done a little bit too quickly. Mm-hmm. I think some of them are overdone at times. I think Bruno's was a little bit too long, in my opinion. Um but I do think, again, what you got to look at is if someone does want to leave the club right now, any of these guys, I don't care who you're talking about, they're not they're not leaving for less money uh, because it's a it's a great financial decision. They're leaving because the club is a shambles. I, I like I said earlier in this podcast today, Ole survived on magic, like he lived on it, and then when it finally fucked, when it broke. When that ride of magic finally broke and we start to see what we were all saying, it all went to crap. And his his tenure or mortuary or whatever you want to read his obituary, it's not going to look good at all. So I just think that players that want to get out, they need to go ahead and do that. I would, I'm in favor of you leaving. I, you know, thank you for the great moments. Thank you for the time that you gave me. It was awesome. But yeah, if you if you have an opportunity to go win something, I think that's something that that any professional athlete uh, is going to want to do. So, um, you know, I wish those guys the best. But if you don't want to be here, you, you got to go. It's it's off to the pasture you go. Oh, I totally agree. But that's not what I was asking. We all know Pog was on a free, so that means. What he the four thousand four hundred thousand dollars that he was asking United. Or that United offered him and he turned down, obviously, because he, you know, thinks he can make that. Why is he lowering his contract? I mean, his demand numbers as, you know, why is he lowering it? Because he already has a contract on the table for 400 k with Manchester United. Why is he lowering it? You just said, I mean, he's, and they don't, the other clubs don't have to pay a transfer fee. So whatever they're going to pay in a transfer fee, they can they they can give him the four hundred k. Why is he lowering it? Why is he lowering it? He's going in a free anyway, so he can he he can go to Madrid for four hundred k. He can go to PSG for four hundred k. Why is he lowering his contract demands? If PSG came to Paul and said, "Listen, listen we'll give you three hundred thousand dollars a week," and Paul said, "Well, hell, I'm on four hundred right now." He's not on four hundred. He's on three hundred. If PSG, okay, sorry. If PSG said I'll give you two hundred, okay, and Paul Pogba said I'm on three fifty right now or three hundred or whatever it is, it's less. And they said we'll give you less than what you're making right now. Yeah. And Paul and Paul looks at them and says, you know what? That's a great idea. That means the player wants to go and win things. That's the answer. He would. But he's not. But he technically is not on contract with Manchester United right now. I mean, yeah. I mean, toward, at the end of the season, he is. So yeah, he can go and play for less money. But if he is world class, the answer to my to your so question he'd is, rather price gouge price gouge Manchester United by signing the four hundred k contract, which you know if he ever did, which 
thank they, God he doesn't. If he if he does, I'd, I'd, I'd kill fucking Murtaugh. I'd kill Arnold. I'd kill if you ever if he ever signed that contract. I'd fucking kill him. But yes, go to PSG. But yeah, it means he's not. In my opinion, he's not worth the money he's on already. Jesus, this is the thing, though. This is what you're. He's not, gonna play. You know, you know, he's he's, he's gonna take the money that's given to him. That's what you're, you're gonna say, right? But you're not calculating where, what stance you're coming from. You don't like him, so anything that is a okay. lesser to you is just another shot. I'm trying to be real about it. I okay. think the player is looking at the club and he's saying. I don't want to be here. You guys aren't doing anything. That's fine. He can go. Why? Why aren't other clubs? Why aren't other clubs offering him the same amount of money? Again, Manchester United <laughs> understands, or even the equivalent he, to what he's on. Manchester United understands that he's worth more than four hundred thousand. <laughs> I know you don't because you look at things and say it's all about football, and it's not. It's about what okay. you do on social media. It's about what you do in your contracts outside of the club. It's about what you do at your club for France. All of those things are so what you're Manchester watching. United you know is the only Manchester business savvy own, club in the world. You know, you know Manchester United own his trademark, correct? <laughs> if he goes to PSG, they'll do the same thing. You do understand they own his trademark. Huh? Yes. Right? Just like PSG so will, be, just like Real Madrid so will, would, just like Bayern Munich will, just no, like Juventus they, they will. They have to buy that. They'd have to buy that they trademark. Don't own, they just give up for the d- yes, duration of his contract, DC. They no, don't earn not. his trademark no, permanently. No, it is not. You have to buy that trademark. Manchester United bought that trademark. That trademark can now be sold. It is not the end of that contract. You know who owns? You know who owns Marilyn Monroe's trademark? It's very weird. It's a weird question. I know. Shaquille O'Neal does. You know who owns Elvis's trademark? Michael O'Neill does. Really? You know who owns Shaquille O'Neal's trademark? Not Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. You have to buy those things back. He is a he is worth a lot more than four hundred thousand a week. And because you don't like him, you'll never admit that. Because you think he's a crap player. You need to he's start the conversation player. from there and and have a real conversation instead of saying. I think he's doing this because he sucks. You already think he sucks. We so, but he's that. okay. Again, he's not getting money from his trademark. Why is he going somewhere he for less money? Is. He absolutely you is. You said Manchester United owns his, Manchester United owns his trademark. God, oh, you see, God. he doesn't own his trademark. You just said when, Manchester United owns his trademark. When, when you are who he is. You will make money off of who you are as your brand. Yes, the trademark, Paul Pogba, is Manchester United's. But he, as a brand, if you're sitting here saying he's not making any money... So if he goes to my PSG, is he going to make money off his trademark? Again, the question of trademark being owned and the question of who Pogba is, I misspoke and said that he's making money off his trademark. United are. But he's making Thank money you. off of him. He's making money off of himself. Okay. He's been making money off of himself. So if he goes to PSG, is he giving make money off himself? Yes. Okay. So Absolutely. why? So why is he still asking for less money? Because we suck. How many times do you want me to say it? We're trash. He's on a free anyway. Why is not PSG offering the same amount of money? Why? Okay, I'm gonna say this one more time. Because we suck. I know. If. Let's use another club. If Real, who's another yes. better club. The bigger, Barca, the, one of the biggest clubs any, in the world. Any big club comes to him and says, Paul, we'd like to offer you 250000 And Paul's going to go, 
but I'm on three right now. Okay, Paul, well, that's what we're offering you. Mm -hmm. You can stay at United and win nothing, or you can come here and win something. I think he would rather win. I know you think he's a scrub who doesn't try, who doesn't have any effort, who doesn't win anything. But quite the contrary, before he came back, he won a lot of things, including the World Cup. So he would like to win, in my opinion. That's what I think. So, yes, he will take less money to leave a club who is going nowhere in the next three years. Nowhere. He's 27, 20, 29 years old. The tail end's coming, baby. MLS is calling. You got about three more years, and then you're coming to America. <laughs> so, yes, he would like to win something first, like he did before he came back to United, and then get his little cash, $40 million, when he comes to MLS and plays for Beckham's team. That's what he's oh going to do. God, no, please don't. That's what all those guys do. That's what. That's what. Because they don't uh, play for fucking Minnesota or somewhere. That's what Rooney did. That's what Gerard did. All those I guys. I understand that, DC. I just want to say if he's this world class player, again, world class, he's. I mean, technically, the contract negotiation with him and Mino Riola, right? He negotiated. He's like, if I'm gonna stay in here, you're gonna pay me 400. I want to be the highest paid player in Manchester United, even though because I've never done shit. But I'm gonna do that. You, you. That's what I'm worth. But now he's taking. If it's 250, he's gonna take 250. Go to go somewhere else, and which I don't care. I mean, he's leaving anyway. Don't really give a fuck. I just want to say, I just want to understand. If he's just world class player, you don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, it's easy. All right, we we've been on, we've been on this a little bit too long. Do you think United's gonna win anything in the next two seasons? No, oh, we will win the Carabao Cup maybe in two years. I don't. Your favorite, your favorite club, your favorite cup. We'll win that in two years. I'm talking about your major trophy. No, you see, you see, you said, you see, you see, you said, Ole needs to win a Carabao Cup. It's a trophy and it's a start. It's a start. The FA Cup is a start. Now major trophy. Now you now you're talking about major trophies. So no, you're right. Correct. All right, let's move on. Uh, I mean, blah blah blah. It's because we're almost at an hour. I mean, we didn't even get into the Leicester thing. You see, draw, draw, Leicester, Leicester. Um, we've already talked about formation. Real quick, something something to. It's not a controversy, but I guess it is a controversy about that match that people are having. McTominay. Should he been give a red card, and should he be suspended for the Everton match? I don't know about a red card. It looked I mean, pretty nasty. Rash. You see, it looks pretty nasty. Slow motion. I, I mean, it's obviously, rash. slow motion. It's, it's not. Yeah, obviously, slow motion makes it look a lot worse than. Sometimes it makes it look a lot worse than it really is. Well, that's. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about the, the bar. It, it's it's unfortunate because you know the referee sees it real time. Obviously, it's a foul. There's no debating. It's a foul, clearly, mm -hmm. and so it's just the color of the card. Um, I don't know if it's red. I think it's just one of those things where you look at it and you say, "It's definitely rash. It's definitely something where you're gonna card the guy." But I don't know about red. I don't. I don't. You thought it was red, straight red, or when I saw it initially, no, I didn't. And I thought it was the foul, yellow card foul. I did see it again. Slow motion can be deceptive, I guess. Right. Yeah, I mean, it just you slow anything down, and then I'm now I'm now perceiving it like 
well, did he really mean to swing that hard? Did he really come through that hard? I'm looking at his facial expression. I'm looking at what he did afterwards. Is he looking at the ball? I'm looking at his eyes now. I'm lo- Just call the game. This is what I'm saying. I love VAR mm-hmm. for offsides, onsides at times because the foot, the finger, they need to get rid of that crap. There needs to be a specific <laughs> guideline on how many Like a foot. Feet. <laughs> I understand what you mean. It's stupid sometimes. It's a, it's a toenail a hair. and the guy's offside. So some of the stuff I like, but when it comes to the tackles, ah, man, I understand it's going really fast and these guys have a hard time. They have one of the toughest jobs in the world. But when you slow it down and look at it 15 times, yeah. yes, it's bad. And you got four guys now in a room going, oh, that's it right there. Look at that part. You missed that. See that well, right there? Lee Dixon there? did say that. Lee Dixon was like, dude, he should have been sent off. And, and I, I'm not a big fan of Lee Dixon. Uh, but, yeah, I mean. It's, but yeah, you go and look, replay it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we got lucky. We got lucky um, that it's not uh, that it wasn't called a red card. I think. I think. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. People debating it. I'm not like you're crazy. You think it's red? <laughs> I mean, you're not crazy. Yeah. That's that's a fifty-fifty. You make that type of tackle. That's a 50-50. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was. I was you know, I was hopeful that, that it didn't ruin the game, even though the game was crap anyways. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was one of those things. But, you know, offside saves us again. So. That was, damn, you already segue into the next one. Was, was, was that an offsides? It was offsides. Okay. It was offsides. The, the, tackle, the tackle on Varane. That was questionable to me. That was probably the one where I thought, that, man, yeah. we got that one. That was the only thing where I was like, I'm glad I'm a Manchester United fan and not a Leicester fan because I probably would have came out of my skin on that because I think that was, what, 80th, 82nd yeah. minute, something like goal, that. Right? that. That one for me, I was like, wow. And I listen, like I said, sometimes those bar calls go for you, sometimes they don't. Well, and... The fact that you didn't see it in real time, because it was just right. you know, and yeah, you you know, you, it, it looked pretty funky. You know, what I mean, right. it like it didn't look right. But then, right. The, when they initially showed the the they initially showed the the the, the foul, they were showing the wrong piece of the foul because you're like, well, that ain't a foul. You're like, fuck, that ain't a foul. They're gonna call that shit. And then they showed the before when they actually like. I mean, I mean, I mean, he almost made, Rand almost did the splits pretty much. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I mean. Sometimes it's, it's overdone. And, 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 it, and again, when it's for me, I'm like, all right, you know, and then it's, when it's against us, I'm like, God, these guys, I hate bar. So it's a double-edged sword for me. <laughs> that one was the only thing that I really was like, man, that's what they're going to do. I'm like, gosh, I'm better than maybe we get one points better than getting no points. So I, you know, I think they got hard done a little bit on that call. I think that one was a little, little ticky tack. I don't, I don't know about that one, but I mean, that was almost like watching paint dry. That that was reminiscent of uh, of Van Hall. Unlucky for Bruno early. Those are the goals last year that he scores uh, um, early on. You know, uh, shout out to Schmeichel who who makes a save early. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately for me, you know, when you look back at it, um, you know. We didn't. Nobody really could put their head up, held high. That 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 they just had this ten out of ten game. So um, that part was unfortunate. You know, the 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 thing for me that I look back on is just that the chances that we would normally make 
And that's what I was saying earlier. When, when you look at Ole, when you look at at, uh, at Ragnick, he's getting those Bruno goals. Like, his shooting boots are, were just on fire, and it's like something's just happened to him under Ragnick, and he just can't. He just can't find the back of the net consistently as, as he's done his whole career. Um, and so his Manchester United career. So um, that, that those parts suck. Um, giving up goals like we give up. I mean, shout out to Inacho. I mean, he's, hmm. he's come a long way. Great story uh, from that kid. But I just, it, it was it was difficult. James it was Madison. Depressing. Did, it was difficult. James Madison, uh, I mean, him out hustling in the yeah. midfield. You know what I mean? You know, just that started the yeah. thing. Yeah, and I, like I said, I think I think for me, it's it's one of those things where Leicester's not the same Leicester. You know, they're not on fire anymore. Brendan Rodgers, I think, for a while there was kind of on pace to kind of make another big move, like back to a Liverpool, not or back to us. But back to United, that type of elk club, that was the talk. <laughs> Thank God, no. um, you know, not too long ago. Uh, now it looks like he's kind of off the burner. Players aren't you know playing as best as, as as they as they did, and he'll probably lose you know the likes of Ndidi and I know uh, uh, Tielemans. Uh, other players are going to be looking to leave the club um, where they were on the uptick for the past I would say at least three seasons. I mean they won the whole thing in sixteen. So I just think you know for me with it being a lesser Leicester team, I was hopeful that coming off of a break. We would have some a bit of a spark. I don't know if we just had a, a, a hangover, a layover from from qualifications. Maybe people were partying a little bit too much. Who knows? But uh, we just we just couldn't get it done. So glad we got a point. Points better than than nothing. But uh, you know now it's one of those things where you're caught in the middle. And and I like I said earlier, I'm kind of where I'm like kind of feeling like man, we just just finish eighth. <laughs> Just finish eighth, take the banner. People will talk crap. It's fine. And then when we come into next season, fresh start, new people, new ideas, hopefully some new players, um, and we go again. And it's one game a week, focused on one game, and and that's it. So that's that's kind of where I am with it. You know, I, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm actually going to pick us to win in this next game when we get to that part. But I'm. You know, it's it's difficult. For, it's difficult for me to do that because you know better than I do. It's the games we're supposed to win. It's the teams we're supposed to be better than when we come out and act like we got to play like them. So, you know, I, I'm just hoping we come out there swinging and and punch these guys in the mouth. They're on the floor right now. I mean, they're on the floor. They're they're facing relegation. So, you know. We can go out there, take care of business quickly, get those players off the pitch, get them rested, um, and get them better for some tougher games ahead. Well, since you brought it up, you see, give me, let's give me your score predictions. I think we win that game two nothing. Two nothing. Right. I, I I think I think we come out with a good game plan. Um, I think we 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 attack. I don't think we sit around and wait. Um, these guys are are wounded. And I, I know he's going to come out and try to, you know, galvanize and, you know, you got to stay, keep the club up. And, you know, I know they're, that's the talk, uh, you know, but, and, and they added, they added part of, you've got guys on that club who are trying to get out of Everton because they don't want to be in the championship uh, next season. So they're going to be hungry. Um, this is United. Everybody gets our best game every week because of who we are. So um, my hope is that what we can come out and do 
is uh, is just hit them quick mm. um, because they they do have players. They do mm-hmm. have. Let's not forget they do have. You know, Calvert Lewin was uh, was probably one of the best early in the season last year before Charles fell off. Charles and another one was just really really good. Pickford's a good good goalkeeper. I think he's England's number one. Um, so they have players all over the pitch that uh, that can get it done. I just hope they don't have a good game, you know, against us um, uh, come this weekend. I found it awkward, or weird, not awkward, that Donnie Van de Beek was giving their post-match interview. Did you? I mean, are you still there? I still got you. You're here. I'm here. I, I... He's not even. He's weird. not a real Everton player. I mean, really, he's not. You see, right? Why is Donnie coming out here and say that we're no, going to fight not. for the club? Blah blah blah. I don't think he he he's a, a, a an Everton player, but I think that does show that in the short amount of time that he's been there, yeah. the kid is a leader. Yeah, he does have a good head on his shoulders, and I think that's what that showed me. Um, I don't know how the rules work. He can't play in that game, correct? No, he, uh, yeah, he can't. He's on loan. So I, you know, I would love to see him kind of go up against his old mates to kind of see what practice really is like. <laughs> I think they have to pay, uh, they have fine if, they have to pay some sort of compensation if they want to play him or someone. I know the Champions League is the same way, but that way, but I, I don't know fully the rule in the league. So I'd, I'd like to see that, but again, no, it just shows me as a leader. That, that's yeah. kind of why. Again, once all these kids come back, the Palestries, the Ahmads, the Tonys, he'll be able to say, "Look at." The loan deal's over, but we don't want you. Or the loan deal's over, and we'd like to do this with you. This is the formation I run. I want to put you right here. Mm-hmm. Can you do it? And they have to go out there and prove it in practice. Um, that's the other thing that, you know, we talk about differences of Ole and, and Ragnik. When players perform in practice, he plays them yeah. to an extent. I mean, Ashford's just been shit forever, and he hasn't played them, which is, which is great because I think – one of the takeaways from the Leicester game was you look at it with Ronaldo being gone, sick, or wife pregnant, or whatever the case yeah. is, with Rashford being in jail. I guess he was spotted out the other day. Giovanni saying he doesn't play. Not out of jail, excuse me, just just spotted oh. being out in the public. Oh, um, he was, was, like, he was in jail? jail. I didn't hear that. <laughs> with, with all of these, Tony being in Sevilla, I would think that he would go ahead and give Rashford the nod. The oh, you nod. mean Greenwood? Greenwood, that's what you meant. Mason. Yeah, you no, said no, no, no. you said you said Rashford. I was like Rashford in jail. So sorry. <laughs> so with Mason being gone, yeah, and, and yeah, Ronaldo being yeah. gone, and Cavani being gone, and Tony being gone, you would think that Rashford would get the, the nine, start, the nine. Yeah. So for him to play Bruno at the false nine, Pogba um, top as well. Right. I don't. I don't mind it, but I thought, man, he must really, really, really not favor this kid. To not go out there and give him a shot, so it's it's really I I think I talked about this last season with Tony. This for me is Rashford's kind of okay. Either I'm going to be United legend on the pitch because I think off the pitch he's a Manchester United legend with what he English did with the kids. England legend. He can look at himself right and 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 say okay, this is it for me. If I have back to backs, which Tony had back to backs. Uh, crappers, I'm out. I don't think I can do it anymore here. It's too much pressure. Whatever the case may be, it's not going to work. 
So I think this is a huge summer for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he hadn't been picked for the England squad. I think he'll make the team. I don't know. Um, I don't think anyone knows at this point because his form is so off, and they have to play that you know you're coming up pretty soon. Well, but I think ultimately for him, this is going to be a big, a, a really really big summer where he has to look at himself in the mirror and go, I've saved the kids. I'm writing books. What am I doing on the pitch though? How, how am I going to be able to perform? Um, because it's not it's not coming off. Whatever I'm doing, whatever funk I'm in, I've got the layover from the Euros. I don't know what it is. But to not see him starting at the nine, I thought, man, he really must be in the doghouse uh, with Ragnick. Going back to Donnie, I really think it's a positive now because I think the biggest kick was he's never getting a chance uh, with Ole, right? And then it was always this: can he play in this league? Has he? He's proven the fact that he can, right? Especially with a crap team like Everton. Do you agree? I think he can play in this league. I just question what level. Uh-huh. Um, can he be a 7 out of 10 in the midfield every week? Um, I think we don't need him every week, out. right? We need him certain games. Well, I mean, like Sir Alex said, you, you always talk about rotation. We need a rotation of players. Can he play in a rotation? I think he can play in a rotation but what i'm saying is i'd like for him, i'd like for him if he's fit to play every week and then if there's a carabao cup or if there's an fa cup against a lower level team can he go ahead and sit the bench i think at 40 million upwards of 22 23 years old the trajectory from ix was that he was supposed to kick on and kind of be the frankie de Jong, which he's killing it at barca right now i think that's kind of what i expected from that midfield position yeah. from him I always will. I know you're going to hate this part, but I always will give players coming into United right now. I give them. I, I'm I'm feeling them because it's got to be difficult playing in that minutia that we call a football club right now. It's got to be. So perhaps going to Everton, seeing that things can be ran a little bit differently, I think is good for him. But I don't think it's going to be easy by any stretch. Even though he knows Ten Hag to just come in and, and get things popping. I hope it happens for him. You know, it's early. This is year two in the prim. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you get your feet wet. You don't get a lot of time. You think it's going to be your shining year next year, and then they loan you. And, and you know, credit to them. They didn't loan him to, you know, his agent worked it out. They didn't yeah. loan him to some championship side. They loaned him out to a Premier League club. You can get experience. He can understand the players, the speed, so he's still up to speed yeah. so that if he wants to stay, he can. But to your Why point, not? the leadership that he's doing, right? He's gaining that experience right. as it on the pitch. He needs to be on the pitch. And that's that's what it's that's a positive thing out of it, I think. Because I know a lot of people are already giving up on Donnie. Especially after what, a year, a year and a half. So now right. hopefully with Ten Act coming in, he gives him a fair shake. <coughs> Don't know what the hell would with the, the Ole and Regnack uh, thing, maybe just we just have a <coughs> we just have a cluttered midfield of old players. You know what I mean? So we need to bring in new blood, new lifeblood. So hopefully, um, hopefully Donnie gets a fair shake. But getting back to the game, you see, a two nil, two nil, two nil. That that seems a very. I mean, I would, I would love two nil, EC. But EC, you know, I'm a gambling man, EC. 
I like odds. I like statistics, EC. You know, I go, I mean, you know, I like statistics. What have we averaged the past 10 games, EC? I don't know. Is it a goal? No, no. What have we ever? What's the scoreline been the past 10 games on average? Have they been one oneers, one nilers? The first one, EC. It's been one one. Draws. You know what? I'm going for a draw. I hope uh, for a draw on, uh, on Saturday. I hope for a draw on Saturday. You know why? Uh, it's our closest. We get closer to the fact that we're not going to make Europa League. And it's just, it, you look at this. I mean, I know I'm not, a, I'm not a Debbie Downer, guys. I'm not. It's just the fact that, hey, it's a law of averages. It's a law of averages. Law of averages. Period. Games we should win 2-1, you see. Games we should win 1-1. Games we should win, period. We crapped the bed. So, I'm, you know what? I'm not giving United my heart this weekend, you see. I'm not, you know, I'm not giving you, I'm not giving him my, my pendant. I'm not giving him my, uh, my little locket here. You're not going to wear my, you're not going to wear my varsity jacket to this week, Manchester United. I'm not going to give that to you right now. You know, we're not going to be sweethearts this weekend. Because the law of averages, you broke my heart. And it's a law of averages, nil-nil, or 1-1, or whatnot, or 2-2. But unfortunately, I'm going for a draw. Period. Prove me wrong. You know, what, what is it? Uh, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. <laughs> All right, you see. Uh, real quick, you see. Uh, uh, Wayne Rooney gave some pretty good interviews on Sky Sports. Uh, do you think he'll ever be uh, top? You know, top of the league manager like uh, um, top of the league manager to manage Everton or or the likes of Manchester United in the future? I mean, down the road, obviously. I could see Everton um, at this moment in time. I hope. Not United, but I could I could see him. You know, that's his first big club that he played for, and I could see the, the kind of nostalgia. I could see the storylines. You know, kid comes back home type deal. Um, so I could I could see that at Everton. Um, I I don't know what the record is at Derby, but I don't think they're coming back up uh, this season. They may be fighting for the playoff spots for all I know, but um, you know he's a club legend. And so, you know, he's somebody that will, you know, me, myself, I'll look at and just kind of see what he's doing. Um, I actually like the documentary quite a bit, actually. Yeah, they're 23rd in championship, so they might they might even get relegated. But, um, you know, as far as things go or as far as things are concerned, I just, I hope that, uh, you know, he continues to do what he's doing and starts to go in the right direction for him because as of right now, it's not looking too good. Uh, for him, but you know, maybe he turns things around and <clears throat> after a couple of seasons. Because I mean, I, I think the thing that you're looking at for me, if he goes down to lead, he'll be he'll be relegated this season more than likely. Um, because I think for, fourth place from the bottom is 37 points, and he's on 28. So if he gets this club relegated, which Derby's not the hugest club in the world, but they're a, a decent club. 
Um, that's not looking good for your CV to mm-hmm. go from the championship down to League One. Yeah, look at the division. Frank Lampard, right? He kept well, Derby up and he won. That, that's that, that's been my whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are getting these jobs, um, and I and I know um, you know Yorkie York York is looking for a job right now, and that's been his argument. You know, why are they giving these guys who have no experience? know anything why are they giving them jobs and this goes to that argument that me and you talked about on last pod that's where a lot of those guys go into that black and white thing and they go they're getting these jobs Mm -hmm. because they're english and they're white so i hope that's not what the case is the aesthetics don't look good because we would want you to be a little bit more experienced but look Javi's not an experienced coach. I think I don't know if he coached in China or if he just played in China and came to Barca and now he's killing. He played him. in like Arabia uh, or some shit like that. Saudi Arabia, yeah. yeah. So I just think a lot of times if you are a great player, you're gonna get a look um quicker than you would if you were just kind of not I don't wanna say that I don't want to use the term flash in the pan because that's not what York is, but I think it's easier for those guys being famous they're big names and you can make a splash at an Everton or another Premier League club. If you're Wayne Rooney and you're bringing him in, that's going to, that's going to draw people just to come see him. Um, um, and so I hope that he gets a big job, but I mean, again, I think getting relegated from the championship, that's not a good start to your, uh, to your managerial career. So I don't see it, but I wish him the best. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> just like you dude you talked about Cristiano Ronaldo uh, at some point that they think his ambition is just to be a manager nah I don't need a pretty boy manager I don't need a I don't need a head case manager obviously wouldn't. I mean if if he's getting um, if Wayne Rooney's getting therapy and you know he's getting his shit off the pitch you know he's you know he's coming to Jesus yes I, I need somebody that's stable you know what I mean and I, you know, Christian, you know, Christian Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, just go do your outside, you know, outside the club, you know, do your, you know, appearances and whatnot, and make money like that. Stay away from my club, please. Anyway, you see, well, it's been a great pod this week, great pod, you see. Uh, so we have a draw, which I'm calling. You have a two nil win against Everton. Are you gonna get up for the match? Because it's at six thirty on Saturday morning. Definitely getting up. <laughs> Definitely going to be regretting it two hours later. <laughs> because we're going to barely win the game if we win it. So I'll be pissed. I think I have a, a, a let me see, soccer game myself, I think, this weekend. So hopefully that will cheer me up. Watch that my you're playing play. in? No, no, no. I'm taking this season off. Oh, okay. I'm All right. About halfway and halfway out. Guys have been bugging me to play, but I, I don't know. Anyway, I... I'm hoping not to be disappointed, but yes, I plan on getting up early if I can, and uh, and watching us play a beautiful game of football, mm-hmm. enjoying my morning with some coffee and United. That is the plan. Well, Lisi, I'm going to disappoint you here. This is where the passion bucket <laughs> argument comes back in. All right, Manchester United has not been filling my passion bucket. 
And after a week, because gotcha. uh, I'm out, I'm traveling this week, and then I drive home on Friday after a seven-hour trip, spend time with the family. The last thing I want to do is wake up early on a Saturday morning, especially at 6.30 in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning, is to watch Mediocrity. All right? So I'm going to ask you, please don't text me any results, anything like that. You can text me lineups. That's fine. Don't text me results or anything. I'm, I'm going to try my best not to. Be around the tuner, um, but yeah, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna take it off. I'm not gonna wake up early. You know what? Until Manchester, I mean, I'm gonna be invested um, to this club, but until they fill my passion bucket, you see, until they give me what I give them, <coughs> Manchester United. Well, I'm not gonna give you my all. I love this podcast, EZ. I love this podcast. I love this club. I'm just tired, EZ. I'm just tired of it. But, you know, with this new with the new coach, this new vision, hopefully brings in with Murtaugh, with Arnold, and with um, Farron Fletcher. Never cared for him as a player. But he's a, you know, Sir Alex, you know, protege or whatnot. Scottish. Um... Hopefully we have a new turn of events. But going forward, um, I ain't going to be waking up at 6.30 in the morning anymore. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Y'all have a great week. We will see you hopefully next Wednesday when we talk about the Everton Everton match and see what happens. Hopefully Ragnick. Pen to paper next week, easy. Hopefully, we have some good news to talk about. There's actually pen to paper, and I think there's also rumors. Ruli Mulestein, which is Sir Alex number two, was probably going to be added to his staff, uh, which I heard. I know we I didn't talk about it, but I kind of remembered to talk about it now. Uh, that uh, that he was in Sir Alex staff from like 2007 to 13. He was his number two. Um, so maybe that's, maybe that's something that the uh, Ten Hag wants, or maybe it's forced upon him. Who knows? We'll, we'll find out, but all right, guys, y'all take care. Have a good weekend and lucky Diaz. Where you at? Oh,